0: The way, God! There are no flags on the
1: field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. From what I've read, we've been eliminated from the playoffs. Right?
0: That's true. It's over. Season's <laughs> done. They added a they added a 17th game, and that means that if you lose the first one, it's over.
1: Aid
2: me. No.
0: Welcome back into the Between Two Tones podcast. It's been a little while, uh, but we're back and we're ready to talk about the number one seed Tennessee Titans. Boys, how are we doing? Oh, I'm going to blow
1: my
2: seed. Doing jeez.
0: Wow. Doing good. <laughs> doing good. <laughs> wow. Well, naturally, being a Titans podcast, there's only one way to start this, and that's by talking about the Colts. You know? Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Colts for just a little bit because you know, uh the Colts seven pro bowlers, MVP candidate, coach of the year candidate. And you know what? They're sitting on their asses, all right, in the playoffs. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that they're not a good team. I think they are. I'm not going to sit here and say that Frank Reich's a, a bad coach. I think he's okay. But when you are so attached to Carson Wentz, that you trade a first round pick, a and a third round pick to get him, and pay him thirty million dollars in a season, and he comes in, does exactly what everybody thinks he will, except for like Dan Orlovsky. Like, what are you doing? Like, how are you that bad of an organization to look at what Carson Wentz did? Trade a first, trade a third. You could have had, you could have done something like trade for Russell Wilson. You could have gone harder and, and trade for a quarterback that actually wanted out. Like I'm sure if they offered enough, they probably could have gotten Aaron Rodgers for this offseason, but no, they got Carson Wentz. So, I, I don't know what the Colts are doing over there. Um, but I will say tonight tonight by the time this podcast comes out, it will be on your streaming device on HBO you got to go watch Hard Knock season finale, all right? I've been watching the season. It's been mediocre as hell. But, man, this finale is probably going to break viewing records. Y'all need to go watch it.
1: How many yards does uh, Jonathan Taylor rush for in this episode?
2: <laughs> um, MVP numbers. MVP, yeah. <laughs> At MVP least numbers. MVP numbers.
0: How Look, absurd I'll, is that?
2: It,
1: I'm not even going to get into that. I just want to say... The Colts absolutely deserve what they're getting. They, they've had years and years of fantastic quarterbacks, that they completely wasted. Poor Andrew Luck. I don't know if you guys saw him on the National Championship the other night. But, like, he was just strung out on math and everything else. So, I don't know. And I apologize if it turns out he has cancer or something. But oh, God. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, now they have a shitty quarterback that they have to believe in, and we get to make fun of him now. So,
2: sorry about your luck.
0: And <laughs> it, it didn't help that Andrew Luck was sitting there next to uh, RG3, who still looks great. RG3 looks great. Um, Fantastic. Lost yeah.
1: with a bit of a limp, but mm. everything else works well.
0: I think my favorite thing about the Colts is they fell ass backwards. And I I basically posted this exact comment on the Titans subreddit, but the Colts fell ass backwards into Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. And somehow, after falling ass backwards into those two Great, one of one is the greatest of all time. The other one could have been one of the greatest of all time. Uh, despite falling ass backward into these two quarterbacks, despite that, they won one Super Bowl. And they only won one Super Bowl, and both of those quarterbacks could give less of a fuck about their franchise. Like imagine if Steve McNair, just like, once he left the Titans, just didn't give a shit. Or like, Eddie George, once he left the Titans, he just didn't give a shit. Like, could you imagine how painful that would be? How, imagine being a Colts fan, having to sit there and think about all day, every day, the fact that they're heroes growing up. The Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. They don't give a shit about your franchise. Not a single shit. That's, that's beautiful. And, you know, I hate that as like as somebody who feels for another human being. Like, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. But I don't mind seeing it for my worst enemy, you know? Yeah. Alright, that was some good uh, Fuck the Colts content there for you.
1: Um, hey, wait, one one little go back. Did you refer to Peyton Manning as the greatest of all time?
0: I said one of the greatest of all time.
1: Okay, okay. Just just wanted to check you there.
0: Why, why? who would you say? Like, I'm oh, was, I mean, obviously, Russell okay. Smith. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I'm glad you went there. Uh, I thought you were going to say some bullshit like like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. <laughs> like The neck is obviously the goat. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is Titans country around here, you know. Um, If if
1: if he was in the stadium, whenever they flew those helicopters way too low back in the middle of the season, decapitated right there at the fifty yard line. Mm -hmm. Jeez.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that was pretty. What were you? Were you all there for that? I was
1: not. I saw the video. Yeah,
0: I was there for that. The they were like at like eye level to me, and like I don't sit that high. Like I sit like the lows, which is like the like 300 level but it's like the lower part of it like i was like looking into the into the helicopter as it drove it flew by that was wild like it, understandably they're being like investigated for like flying too low because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was that was crazy <laughs> it was really cool though but like could easily just go wrong you know what i mean mm-hmm. anyway um. So that was some good fight the Colts content there for you. Again, remember, uh, hard knocks season finale. You don't have to watch the rest of the season. It was okay, I guess. Darius Leonard comes off as a jackass. Uh, Jonathan Taylor comes off of a patron saint. If you want to just keep blindly hating Jonathan Taylor, don't watch the season. Uh, but um, it, it it's fine if if you just want to watch it. The season finale, though, I think that's must view content right there, especially for a Titans fan. Uh, If you want to consider yourself a Titans fan, you probably need to watch Hard Knocks season finale, which is out now. Moving on. Uh, We haven't been here most of the year. Uh, We just, we got busy. We're very busy people. We decided to start a podcast as very busy people. Um, So sorry about that if you enjoyed the first episode, but we're back for this because we thought it was a special moment, so we needed to talk about it. Uh, so, we're, gonna we're going about, to
1: talk about our plan to monetize the podcast on the subreddit it didn't go as well. As, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we just we only, uh, people we thinking, what,
1: five, six million? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. The, <laughs> the amount of money that people thought we were going to make on this just did not happen, you know? <laughs> that was weird. Um, we're going to talk about our favorite moments of the season, uh, just a, as a quick recap of the season. Unfortunately, we can't use the Colts losing to the Jaguars. Um, In week 18, we've already talked about that too much, but that's definitely up there for I think all of us. Uh, So, the funniest, the funniest, definitely the funniest moment. moment. Yeah, uh huh.
2: To get in the playoffs, all you need to do is beat Jacksonville and (laughs) you fall on your face. Yeah, pathetic.
0: You can't, we also can't use Urban Meyer, which is another great moment of the season, just (sighs) in the entire tenure of Urban Meyer. We also can't use. Just the fact that Trevor Lawrence is absolute ass, um, which is another great moment of the season. <laughs> but that's like 18 games worth, minus the Colts game. He killed that game. Um, so, good for you, Trevor. Ending on a high note. Literally we're the only to, high note, but a high Jacksonville note.
2: Jacksonville beat the Bills 9-6. to six. That was awesome. That was awesome. Like that was awesome.
0: Yeah. That was huge. Very huge. All right, so actual favorite moments of the season. I'll start Um I'm going to go with the Chiefs game. Uh, That Chiefs game, it was coming off of that Monday night game versus the Bills, which also I thought about putting here. But I wanted to put that Chiefs game because I, like, at the Bills game, like, I believed we had a chance to win, like, from start to finish. Like, I was like, it's the Bills, it's Monday night. The Titans usually show up to play um, on primetime games, so I wasn't worried about that. Um, and they did that game, and so we beat the Bills. But then we got a short week, and we had to play the Chiefs. And I was worried i was worried big time about this game. I didn't think we had a chance in hell, because if you remember going into that game, and this is true for the Bills game too, we, we, the Bills game is when we lost Caleb Farley. So going into that Chiefs game, we were missing Christian Fulton, Caleb Farley. We played fucking Greg Mabin for 100% of the snaps against the Chiefs. 100% of the defensive snaps. Greg may have been played against the Chiefs. He really hadn't even played since that game. Um, I think he played the next game, then he got hurt, and he hasn't. He hasn't played since. Uh, so that Chiefs game, we ended up winning twenty-seven to three. I have the box score pulled up here. Ryan Tannehill had a great game. Derek Henry had a mediocre game, but uh, they were clearly keying in on him. AJ Brown went crazy. That was one of those games where. Uh, where Ryan, that, They had that drive, I think it was like the second drive of the game After we already scored on the first drive Where Ryan Tannehill just threw it left side, sideline He made the catch, they had to review it And then like two plays later, maybe the next play He threw it again uh, to A.J. Brown on the left in the end zone and Came down to go up two scores early in the game It was an awesome part of the year And to win that game And I mean it's the reason we have the number one seed now Which is really what makes it my favorite part of the game I mean we, in that game We dominated the Chiefs so badly that they gave up they gave up. And if we do play the Chiefs in the championship this year, this game is going to be looked at so much. Um, and it makes me happy that the Titans dominated the game as much as they did um, for, for when we're going to be overlooking, like, why, why, how did the Titans do it? What was wrong with the Chiefs at the time? Obviously, they've gotten better since, like, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's going to be fun to revisit this game during that time.
2: Yeah, I think that that... Chiefs win was the single most impressive win of the season. Just complete domination mm. on every level of the game. It Was also the kind of the first clue
1: in that maybe AJ Brown is the most important piece of this offense to make it still somewhat <laughs> serviceable. Like we, it, he always gets left in the in the uh, shadows by Derrick Henry. Uh, not to Titans fans, I know he's still. A big name and everything at this point but it's always been about how does derrick henry make this offense go but we've very clearly seen the offense can still operate when henry's off the field when uh, aj's not on the field that's a whole different story
0: yeah i believe we're one and four without aj this year um which uh is really two and four or actually it's two and five i think without aj because you count the Colts game where he left in like the after the second play, did he had like one target in that game. Um and then you also count the first Texans game which is he left like halfway through the game. We really didn't have him for most of the game. So I'll count that as not having him. Uh so yeah, he's hugely important. I would argue he's our most important player, not named Ryan Tanhill on the team. I don't really think it's close personally, but I I totally understand people saying Henry.
1: Yeah, so that leads directly into my favorite moment of the season which was the rams game and i have to admit there were multiple times this season that i got very pessimistic but i mean the the injuries were just absurd i mean we all understand that but when henry went down i'm not sure there was anybody that outside of mitch Perkins that believed the titans were going to beat the rams (laughs) and And we beat the dog shit out of them. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons could have been one of five people on the defense, and I think we still would have won that day. I mean, we were just absolutely destroying them at the line. And we showed fairly quickly that, hey, Derrick Henry is not our complete team. And I think games like that are going to be the reason that we – this is our best chance at a Super Bowl we've ever had because – it's truly the next man up attitude and we've embraced it and proven that if we play like a team we don't necessarily have to have the best players out there as long as we're still strong in the trenches uh running the ball and stopping the run and getting after the quarterback
2: yeah no i think that goes into one of my biggest takeaways from the season i think that our defense improved by such a huge leap from last year Um, I just think it's really impressive to see how we went from not being able to pay for a sack, basically, to having Harold Landry finally show up, get 12 sacks. Danico Autry had almost 10. He had nine. Simmons had eight and a half. I think it just, seeing the improved pass rush and everything that that brought with it, I think that was one of the biggest takeaways from the season.
0: Yeah. And I thought about putting the Rams game as my favorite game. The, out, you know, the one thing that was kind of dragging it down for me is it's kind of the game where, um, uh, David Long got hurt and David Long. Uh, yeah, David Long it was like a
1: bullshit play at the very,
0: end. very end of the game, the Ravens, the Rams for no reason. We're still trying to score points. Um, yeah. And like, uh, that, that kind of like soured it for me a little bit because I was enjoying so much watching David Long play. I would just like turn on um, a game pass game and just like for uh, like when I was aboard uh, during a week and I would just like watch every David long on every defensive snap and just see what he did because he's really fun to watch he's he's turning into um, an incredible player um, so that that's kind of what downgrades it for me but other than that, fantastic game. Uh, we, we got Adrian Peterson a touchdown in that game. So that, that was fun, um, but yeah. Oh
1: God, I, I already forgot about the A.G. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, good times, good times. Um, yeah. Uh, Levi, what was your favorite moment of the year?
2: Uh, so having the privilege of going third, I can't pick the Chiefs game or the Rams game. So I'm just going to go with what I think was the most impressive thing for the season period was the Buffalo, Kansas City, Indianapolis, Rams just a stretch of victories. Um, yeah, I think that was when we really came together as a team and figure out who we are. We go from winning on Monday night football, beating Buffalo with a, a really cool last play. Uh, Josh Allen did not slip. He got stuffed at the line um, to completely dominating Kansas City to – going up to Indy, sweeping them, beating them in overtime, losing Derrick Henry in the process, and then going out on Sunday night football and just proving that we are not the Tennessee Derrick Henrys, that we can actually play good football without our best offensive player. And that, yeah, it sucks that he wasn't there. And I think our leading rusher for that game had like 30 yards. But, yeah, I think that just proving that we are still – a capable team, and we can still go out and win games. I think that was just the best part of the season as a whole.
0: Yeah, and it's that it's that stretch of the year that you really hope is what defines this team. Because if it is, then you know we, we should expect to be back in the Super Bowl, or yeah, to be going to the Super Bowl, right? Uh, obviously, this team has had its issues. I, I would, I'm certainly maybe the biggest propon- proponent that. Most of our issues this year are injury related.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and and even during this stretch, we were plagued by injuries, which is another incredible thing about it. Um, and so, let's
1: reiterate those those four teams: Buffalo, Kansas City, Indy, and the Rams. Three playoff teams should be four. <laughs> one greatest team of all time.
0: And one absolute greatest team of all time, they happen to not make the playoffs. Yeah. But still one of the greatest teams of all time.
2: I think they had 53 Pro Bowlers, didn't they?
0: Yeah, I think every single player. In the room, I mean, they basically had the Pro Bowl roster, yeah.
1: <laughs> Don't worry, we had
0: <clears throat> one. Yeah, yeah, we had Kevin Byrd. I will say, I mean, as far as the Pro Bowl thing goes, um, since we're back to talking about Indianapolis now, I will say as long as far as the Pro Bowl thing goes, I mean, realistically, we only should have had like three. And I would say those three would be... Um, well, it, it depends. It still depends. The three, sh- the three that we absolutely should have were um, Bayard, Simmons, and Landry. Right? Do y'all disagree with that?
1: The fact that Simmons was
2: not on there is just,
0: yeah, an absolute yeah. <laughs> disgusting
2: thing. Yeah, it, yeah. those three should have been locks. Right. Especially yeah. considering
0: yeah. when. The Pro Bowl is decided. Like Simmons, he's honestly been having like the wor- his worst stretch of the season since the Pro Bowl was announced. But like leading up to the win, the Pro Bowl was now like he was having an absolutely dominant year. Um, yeah.
2: yeah, I think you could argue that AJ Brown should probably have gotten in.
0: Yeah, that's tough though because the injuries. Yeah. Also, the think- wide receivers in the AFC are stacked too. Yeah. I yeah. think he, yeah, he would be the only. The, the other two that inevitable. I would, yeah, the, the, other, the other, well, the other two that I would argue is David Long, but he got injured at the wrong time, and also uh, Fulton, but also got injured at the wrong time. He missed four games right in the middle of, like, Pro Bowl voting season, so did Long. So that's tough. Um, obviously, Henry should, should be in two, uh, but he was ineligible for some reason. But he should absolutely be in the Pro Bowl. It's absurd that he isn't. Um, yeah. So anyway, a uh, good talk there. Oh, Ben Jones. I forgot about Ben Jones. Ben Jones probably, uh, yeah. probably been excellent. Yeah, yeah, Ben Jones probably has an argument as well. Um, and then back going back to the Colts, like it's hard to argue against. The only one I have a strong argument against is Bugner, and that's because specifically Simmons deserves it over Bugner. Um, But other than that, like it's just it's not that. Indianapolis – oh, and also Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson did not have good years. They got it on name alone. So, um, like, Ben Jones has absolutely been better than Ryan Kelly this and year.
1: And lies the problem with the Pro Bowl. There you go. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, fuck the Pro Bowl. Uh, all right. So <laughs> we're going to look back at predictions that we made on the podcast earlier in the year, three very specific predictions that we all cherry picked um, because we got them right. And you know, except for one, actually one of us did not get one of these right, but that's okay. <laughs> um, uh, so <laughs> just three, three cherry picked predictions that we took. Cause I don't think we made many predictions, but these were predictions that we made. So Levi, you're up.
2: And I will say if mine is the one that was wrong. Uh, I think it was wrong purely because Derek Henry got hurt. um, Had Derrick Henry not gotten hurt, he would have hit 2,000 yards. I have no doubts about that. Uh, He would have hit 2,000 yards, no questions. Um,
1: I agree. Now, did you specify regular season? Jeez. (laughs) Hey, we (laughs) still got three
0: games left.
2: Three games. (laughs) If he can get 1,000 yards in three games, I will – well, number one, we'll be hoisting a Super Bowl trophy. Um or a Lombardi trophy. But yeah, no. It was the regular season. Yeah.
1: Thousand yards. That's low expectations. Two thousand yards. I'm gonna need more hype.
0: I think so, he would have I think he would have gotten the two thousand though because too, because he actually a lot of people Well, uh, I think he was on pace for two thousand and seventeen games. I'm not positive. Oh yeah. he, was? he was yeah, he was. It
2: was through eight games he had like nine hundred and thirty seven.
0: Yeah, it just wouldn't have been a sixteen he wasn't at the time on pace for um, yeah. 2000 in a 16 game schedule but uh,
2: yep but we also had to play Houston twice still and we know was. Exactly.
0: There. I was going to say we, we had we we had, we got to play Houston two more times. We rushed for 200 yards against the Patriots without him. We rushed for yeah. almost 200 yards against Miami without him. Um, yeah. and then like even like our early games without him, we just really hadn't figured out yet how to run the ball without Derrick Henry, and I, he would have probably done well in those games too. Also, the game he played, he played against the Colts, he, he played literally the entire game with a broken foot, so he, he probably would have had no a like higher numbers.
2: still had like
1: 113 yards. Yeah. Let's not forget, though, Henry throughout his entire career, early in the season, not extremely great, and then he turns it on the back half of the season, absolutely destroys people. I think what excites people is, oh, yeah, he didn't have a great you know, yards per carry like you would expect earlier on in the year. But he still had the best start of his entire career to a season this past season. If he had turned into normal Derrick Henry on the back half of the year, there's no telling how many yards he would have run.
0: Absolutely. Like that's what people really like don't seem to get is that it's not logical. Like staff, like, like analytics has proven that in general um, running games and rushing, rushing defenses don't get worse later in the year and uh, running backs don't get better later in the year, but that does not apply to Derrick Henry every, Like it literally every single season he's played, he's gotten better and better as the season went on to the point where he goes straight up God mode late in the year, and that's kind of what we're hoping for in this playoff run, right? We're hoping that defenses are tired, Derrick Henry's refreshed and ready to go um,
2: Oh, absolutely You know, every team in the AFC is terrified of going up against a what ten week no word, like ten week fresh Derrick Henry when they've been playing if they aren't they should be hard yeah it, it at least if I was on one of these teams I would be I'd be making some business decisions if I were a slot corner
0: on one of these teams I would be terrified
2: <laughs>
1: and I you know I always thought last season the biggest downfall was the fact that we had to rush Henry so hard in that final game just to actually just to beat the texans and for the first time ever to me henry looked tired in that playoff game against the ravens so you know he's won some redemption this year
0: absolutely yeah i can't i cannot wait we'll talk about it more later but i can't wait to see derrick henry he's looks so good right now in practice all right um i will talk about my prediction my prediction pretty straightforward um, it didn't go exactly the way I thought it would go, but that's actually a good thing. Um, I predicted the Titans would go 12-5, and I was right. Um, I remember I specifically predicted that we would beat the Cardinals, and probably, I imagine I predicted that we would <laughs> uh, beat the Jets and the Texans. Um, um, I probably predicted one loss to the Colts. Uh, so I was way off on what games I had us winning, uh, but I still had us going 12-5. and So and honestly the games that we won were better right we you know i probably didn't have us beating the bills or the cheese maybe um or at least i had only had us winning one of the games and we won both we beat the rams i probably didn't have that like the 12 and 5 that we ended up with is even better than the 12 and 5 that i predicted is what i'm trying to say here um which i'll take because honestly the loss to the jets and the texans are bullshit um people who talk about those um and bring them up as evidence of what the titans are um don't know what the fuck they're talking about, to be quite honest. Uh,
2: yeah, it's, no, it's what the Titans are when you take away A.J. Brown, who Hulu, right.
0: Browns, and Derrick Henry. Yeah. Uh, it, it's quite it's quite absurd uh, to even mention a, a loss in week four to the Jets uh, when talking about this Titans team as if that is at all reflective of the team. Because it's not at all. Um, Every
1: good team in the NFL this year lost to an absolute horrible team yeah, at some point
0: at some point yeah, it, it's stupid uh and at the, the Texans game the same patriot i mean like every every loss except for the cardinals game to me is just absolutely fraudulent like it's it doesn't represent what this team is in any way yeah uh and i'm not saying the wins are the same way certainly like but like i mean again like I, I, the wins might not be fraudulent the way, or might not be representative of the way they are. But like honestly, like there probably should have been better wins. Like the Saints game, for example, if we're healthy and for the Saints game, they they're not touching us. Like the the way that game, how close that game was. Um, we have
2: a rusher who rushes for more than
0: thirty yards. Yeah, a leading rusher. Yeah, yeah. But the point the point is, uh, and this is uh, just the Titans went twelve and five, and they really were never even at their, in their best form. And that's awesome. That's that's fantastic. Because uh, cause we ended up with the number one seed anyway. Um, so it's, it's just been a wild ride to get here, but we're here. So The
1: Steelers loss probably hurt me more than any of them, though.
0: Yeah, I was actually there for the Steelers loss.
1: And it, we turned the ball over like six times or something.
0: It It hurt me so bad. I was with family, and, like, I was just stunned. And, like... I had a I had a lot of fun, but like I was off the rest of the day. I was like, uh, like you know what I mean. Like it it really bothered me that it's that was it was awful. Um, all right, Blake, uh, tell us about your um big time prediction that had yeah, huge impact I, on the season.
1: I think I probably had the boldest prediction, and probably the the prediction that maybe led to our number one uh, seed. Um, yeah, I, I mean, really, I think that's I totally out- fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Darrington Evans, right? Big player going into the season. I said he would be outrushed by the Sarge, and everybody laughed at me. And I'm here to tell you, Sarge came in with 11 yards on five carries. Evans, seven yards on two carries. So,
0: wow! If anybody
1: wants to send me, uh, uh, you know, Venmo, I can give you predictions for the playoffs. That's it's
0: huge. I actually, I'll take some fantasy it. advice. Although, I am curious about these five rushes by Makai Sargent. I don't remember him having five carries this year. Why is that?
1: Well, he's so little, you just probably didn't see him.
0: Oh, okay. It didn't have it. <laughs> well Like, I, I don't know. I mean, what, was he on the Titans for all five of those rushes? Like, I, like you know? Because I don't remember it. Mean, I think, on, uh, I think it was
1: on I think he was on what the Jaguars, the <laughs> Titans and I can't remember what the other team he had was He anything. had I
0: believe three rushes on the Titans, one rush on the Rams and one rush on the Jags. Oh yeah. He, he he he, ran, he had a he had a rush against the Colts in that Week 18 game.
1: <laughs> mm. Just an absolute unit who blew Darrington Evans out of the water
0: this season. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, absolutely. Darren's had got him on the per per uh, per carry. So.
1: Yeah, and he had that uh, one. I think it was a really big seven yard rush as he was pulling his hamstring,
0: running out of bounds or something. <laughs> that was preseason. Yeah, big time. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I think he, I think he tore his ACL in practice the, the week after he got those seven yards. So, uh, good times. Um d uh, do y'all see him on Twitter? I know I, Blake. I know you're not much for Twitter, but I don't think. Um, well,
1: I'm I'm on there most days. Just follow Titans news. Okay, gotcha. And I do gotcha. see him. I see him retweet things occasionally. He
0: he's a uh, he's very into like gaming, <laughs> like super into Darrington, gaming. Yeah.
2: Darrington Evans.
0: Yeah, he's like very into gaming and streaming. He's he's like he's a uh, he's very supportive of the Titans on Twitter, but like he he's also very supportive of like just. Um, people who try and, like, are making a career out of streaming. It's, it's an, He's an interesting follow on Twitter. Um, I Maybe don't he, think he'll, he'll be on the team next year, but that's besides no. the
2: Maybe he'll join up with uh, Kenny Vaccaro. That's what I was game. about to say.
0: Gaming oh, league. true. I didn't think about that. Er, Roger Saffold, he has a team.
2: Um, How about
1: Kenny Vicaro using the offer that he got from another team to come back and play to put in his promo video for his uh, – uh, Sports or gaming team. Wait, what? You didn't see that? Yeah, he, no. he had a note for I can't remember what franchise it was from. I'm pretty sure it was on there, and he like literally just lays it down and picks up a controller or some bullshit. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I did so not I'm see just, that. Wow. Down that's this great. NFL career for uh, my gaming career, or whatever.
0: That's great. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think we can definitively say that he was one of the issues on defense last year. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, can't blame him, um, and I can't blame the team that probably offered him vet minimum to <laughs> come get a workout, basically. So, oh yeah,
1: um,
0: yeah. So, but yeah,
1: fantastic early on. He was, like, yeah,
0: and 2019 on. especially, yeah, he's yeah. huge for us. But, um, uh, yeah, you can de- definitively say he was one of the issues last year, and we're being replaced by Monty Hooker, who's been awesome. Um, so yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, it's so a big time prediction from Blake. Uh, you know, Sergeant. You know, eleven yards over Evans seven. That's huge. That's huge. Look,
1: look for him to push Henry next year. Just saying.
0: It, well, look look for him to push James Robinson and Travis Etienne next year. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's where he'll be. Um, poor guy. <laughs> um, possibly with Bill O'Brien in Jacksonville. Oh, That'd geez. be fun. That'd be a heck of a clown show. Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a clown show. Yeah. Oh, that's How good.
1: many Mackay Sergeants can you fit in a clown car? That's the real question.
0: Honestly, a lot. He's, he's not the biggest guy. <laughs> you can probably get a few of them in there. Um, all right, so we're going to talk about the bye week real quick before we um, hit more parts of our team. So uh, we're recording this on Wednesday night. Um, the Titans had their only practice. They've been meeting. They had meetings, I believe, Monday and definitely Tuesday. Um, and then they had their only practice of the week. I think they're going to practice again Sunday um, before they start their game week practices, the week the week of the game. Uh, but the players have Thursday, Friday, Saturday off. Um, and today they practiced, though. We didn't get an official report. So we don't know if any of these guys were ever practicing. Uh, media only sees one part of practice. But according to the media, they did not see Julio Jones, Tier Tartt, Elijah Molden, Chester Rogers, and Ben Jones. Um, I can honestly say I'm not really worried about any of them. Uh, some people would say they're worried about Elijah. I am not one of them. Um, ben, What's his injury? He injured his... Sh- it looks like a shoulder late in the game. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Against yeah. Houston, um, the reason I'm not worried about it is um, a shoulder injury is not going to keep somebody from playing in a playoff game unless it's like a broken collarbone, and I doubt he broke his collarbone. I'll um, say he like he never ha- like he never went back in the game, but he never had a chance to go back in the game. Um, he left the game, and then like three plays later, um, the Patriots scored to go uh, down. 28-25 uh, and then the Titans ran the clock out after that. So he never had a chance to go back in the game, um, and we never heard about his injury after that. So um, I, I'm sure he's nursing something, but it's it's to me it's something that he's probably not going to have to miss the game with. But we will see. Hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully I don't eat my words and he like cool. doesn't go in IR tomorrow. Like,
1: it sounds like other than a freak accident, we should be mm. the healthiest we've been all season. in this game. Which so really the, the major prayers. Yeah, really. Uh, the stars are aligning planets and everything else, but I guess the real, the real worry is always going to be COVID in this situation. Wait I am
0: terrified me. of like Ryan Tannehill getting COVID. Yeah. Knocking on all my wood right now.
1: <laughs> you don't need to know about that. <laughs> uh,
0: other, other practice news. Um, Naquan Jones, Returned. Um, he missed the Houston game with an injury, but he was out of practice today. So that's some solid news. I actually think Kyle Pico, who played in his and Tier Tart's place, Tier Tart also. I, yeah, Tier uh, also missed the Houston game. He got um, sack this week, right? Pico did. Yeah, he second second week in a row. I think he got a sack. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, um, I actually like him. I have thought he's done well ever since the preseason. I remember talking about him one of our buds, actually. Um, and so. Um, yeah, so good for Pico. Um, I like saying his name, Pico, Pico, Pico. Other news: Derek Henry practiced for the fourth straight time, and he hey. looked good. Uh, Derrick Henry, he's a running back. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, so he practiced for the fourth straight time, coming off his Jones fracture. Uh, he looks good. Uh, he definitely ran a lot faster uh, today than he did. Uh, Wednesday, last Wednesday, when we saw the original videos of him, we didn't see him Thursday or Friday because they practiced in a bubble. Um, so he got the to practice today, and then he'll get you know all the days off that all the rest of the players are getting. So yeah, and while by the way, while the players are getting days off, you yeah, I remember while the days are, the players are getting play, uh, days off, they're getting Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Coaches are still going to be working. They're going to be grinding, uh, self scouting. They're going to be um, watching uh, film. I know they're. Gonna have full reports ready for the Bengals and the Raiders, who we had not played and their possible opponents. Um, so they're they're just gonna have like everything that they do ready to go um, for those games. Uh, we've already played the Patriots and the Steelers, um, so uh, they um, already have the reports they need on them. I'm sure they'll how watch more How many hours more, more do you think? Uh,
1: how many hours do you think Vrabel will be able to sleep over these next couple weeks?
0: I think Vrabel's the, the kind of guy where he takes bye week. He I think. One thing that he does right, in my opinion, is he takes bi week seriously. As in, uh, f- like you need to take this time to rest,
1: uh, recovery yeah, recovery. Yeah,
0: um, he like the last bye week, uh, um, he said he literally like after I think from like Wednesday to Sunday he took off. He 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 took five days off literally from just like not doing anything. Um, is what he said, and so I think that's really good, honestly. Um. Like he, he, I think he used Monday and Tuesday to self-scout. Uh, maybe get some early work in on whoever we were playing off the bye. Um, and I think it was Jaguars. And then took the rest of the week off. Um, and I think that's good. Um, I think that's probably what... Uh, and I don't, I don't think he's going to do that this week. I think it's a little bit more important to work this week. I don't think he's gonna take much time at all off this week, but I think he's gonna get a full eight hours every night. You know what I mean? And
2: I know it's, yeah, we're not we're not coming in and playing Jacksonville next week.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah,
2: I know it's not on our uh,
1: agenda, but I do want to pull that thread a little bit. Mike Vrabel was getting some shit early in the season, mainly because of the defense and oh, we should have. We're just promoting from within and all this stuff. That dude is the MVP of this team. If you want to talk about MVPs, you want yep. to talk about somebody saving everything for this team this season to not absolutely crumble under the amount of injuries that we had. And shout out to J-Rob, too, for yeah, that's what I was absolutely say. absolutely taking advantage of the new IR rules to to keep us afloat and keep winning at the same time. like. I, if you look back at the teams that have lost as many players as we have and look over at the Ravens this year, at some point yeah. you just crumble, right? And and they've excelled somehow, some way. And if he doesn't get coach of the year this year, it, the award is just completely meaningless to me.
2: I agree. Who else would even be the number one candidate? Like, did, yeah, I can't see it not being variable, to be I completely
0: honest. think so – the way the award typically works is it's based on preseason expectations. Um, so I think a lot of AP voters might be leaning Zach Taylor right now. Mm.
2: That would okay. That would be fair.
0: That said, I don't ever hear anybody arguing for Zach Taylor. You know what I mean? Like I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I listen to like the PFF podcast around the NFL. I don't ever hear anybody arguing for Zach Taylor for Coach of the Year. I only hear people arguing for Vrabel.
1: Well, uh, LeFleur is the other big name in this. Get the fuck out of here. Well, people keep saying, well, he shouldn't be docked. (laughs) He shouldn't be docked because he has Aaron Ross. I disagree. But, and I, I get it. He's had a fantastic first few years in the league. I guess, what, best of all time? But still, if he loses his best player... Do they still get that number one
0: seed? He do not even need to lose his best player. Imagine what imagine what the Packers would be if they lost Devontae Adams for nine games. And then not only Devontae Adams, but if they lost uh, Aaron Jones for uh, seven games as well and, Alan, I don't know, Alan Lazard or something for another six games. Um, they don't even have to lose Rodgers. But he did lose Rodgers, and when he lost Rodgers, his offense went to shit. They scored seven points against the Chiefs, who at the time were fucking terrible. Um, and, and the Chiefs only put up 13. Like, he just needed his offense to score seven more points, they would have won that game. But they couldn't do it because Aaron Rodgers wasn't in there. It, you can't, to me, uh, that team is absolutely carried by Aaron Rodgers. And I will believe that until proven otherwise. Yeah,
2: no. It. I, I think it's going to be very well. I don't. I don't just don't think of another coach, maybe Zach Taylor, that has done more with less, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just can't imagine it being anyone but
0: Vrabel. Yeah. Also, I think the I think AP is going to vote Aaron Rodgers as MVP, and I think it's I think it's really hard to vote the same team MVP and Coach of the Year. That seems backwards to me. I can see Tom Brady winning that, though.
1: Who knows? I thought uh, Jonathan Taylor was the front-runner for the Coach
0: of the Year. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he, he's really good at his thing. You know, he does it He does it really well. Is
1: there, is there any award he's not supposed to get this year? Defensive rookie, I think. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh well. Caleb Farley's that got that one. Anyway.
1: He just gave that one. <laughs>
0: Uh yeah, so we we mentioned them a little bit. We got four potential opponents for the divisional round of the playoffs. Um, we can't play the Kansas City Chiefs who are the two seed or the Buffalo Bills who are the three seed. Um, we uh, we definitely cannot play them in the divisional round. Um, who we can play is the four seed Cincinnati Bengals, five seed Las Vegas Raiders, uh, who are playing the Cincinnati Bengals, six seed New England Patriots who are heading to Buffalo this weekend, and the seven seed. Pittsburgh Steelers who are heading to, um, where are they going? Kansas City. Um, And speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers, did y'all watch that uh, 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 Chargers-Raiders game? Oh, my God.
1: I've (laughs) never been so invested in a game and hoping for a tie.
0: Same. I've never been so emotionally invested in a regular season um, game that didn't affect the Titans. You know what I mean? Uh, like, my heartbeat yeah. was like pounding. Like, I was standing. I was like, go, 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 stop, 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 kneel the ball, kneel, kneel. Like, I wanted a tie so bad because I just think it would have been hilarious. Um, yeah. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of like weird discussion around that game, particularly with the timeout situation. Uh, we don't really need to talk about that, but I will say that I don't think. Um, what's his name? What's the what's the Chargers coach name? Uh Oh, I can't think of his name either. Yeah. No idea. Is it Staley? Brandon Staley? I don't know. Uh, if that is the Chargers yeah, coach Brandon name. Staley. Yeah, that's it. Uh if Brandon Staley uh people give him a lot of shit for taking that time out, which I don't really get. Um because he only took the timeout so he could get better run, run defenders out there. But the charge of run defense is so terrible that the better run defenders are also bad. Um, and they gave up a 10-yard run that led to the Raiders deciding to kick a field goal and just go and get the win. So, yeah, people... Anyway, we don't even talk about it too much. But um, I don't blame him for that. I go on record saying that. I'll, I'll say as a
1: long-time long Titans fan... I was very much hoping for the tie, just for the entertainment value, mm-hmm. but also because I hate the Steelers almost as much as I hate the Ravens. So mm-hmm. seeing them get knocked out in just the stupidest fashion of all
0: time yeah,
1: would be yeah. extremely beautiful. But it also leads into the next segment here with the potential opponents that I think we all would love to face the Steelers. And I think if the Steelers go in and somehow upset Kansas City, I don't think they're going to pull it off twice and beat us at home. Oh, yeah, no. no way. And, and we want revenge on those guys so freaking bad.
0: I, I, would, I, I would kill for Pittsburgh to win that game. Absolutely. Like, cause, I mean, it's two birds with one stone. One, it knocks out the Chiefs, and two, it gives us the easiest possible matchup uh, for the divisional round. I mean, that's that's two birds with one stone. I have no doubt in my mind that we can beat the shit out of the Steelers. Um, like, we should have beaten it the first time, and that was without A.J., Julio, um, Derek, and plenty of other players who I'm not even going to bother trying to remember. Um, those three alone coming back is, I mean, that's all we need. To- if,
1: if, if we get beat by Ben Roethlisberger going 35-55 of 55 for 122 yards, I'm going to –
0: had a complete meltdown. <laughs> oh man, that game was wild too. <laughs> that uh <laughs> that Steelers Browns game. Uh, his i was gonna la-
1: say that's like all of Ben's games. Yeah, his last
0: home game was absurd. Screen,
1: screen. screen.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, so who do you so other than Pittsburgh, who do you all want to play the most? Uh, assuming Pittsburgh takes that L on Sunday, which they almost certainly will. I mean, yeah,
2: Pittsburgh is obviously the best cuz you don't have to play the chiefs the next week and you're uh other than the steelers who i think everyone would love to play i think the raiders would be who i would want to play the most i just i think that we i think they would be the second easiest victory outside of the steelers um i think we could take the patriots i'm not super worried about them we ran for over 200 yards against them without derrick henry in new england i think we'd handle that one pretty easily uh honestly the Bengals kind of scare me. I think the Bengals are the team I would least want to see yeah. in the divisional round.
0: Yeah, for me, obviously, Pittsburgh's number one, the team I want to see the most. For me, Las Vegas is number two. I just don't think they match up well with us. Um, uh, three would be New England. Um, and a lot of that's out of respect for uh, Bill Belichick um i don't think his team's very good but i think bill belichick um i mean he's obviously the goat like you just you can't um, disrespect that and you can't just assume that his team's not going to be ready to come in and um play good football and then cincinnati i just the receivers just scare the shit out of me also i think they have the best rush defense um of the group which is something that people don't talk about for some reason uh um, one talking about which team they want to play the most. But I think Cincinnati, I think they have like the number four rush defense in the league this year. Um, I need to look more into that. I need to look into like what their DVOA is and whatnot. But um, yeah, so would rather not play a good rush defense.
1: I think I think they're definitely the the worst matchup out of the group. The rest of them to me are kind of a wash. But to me, I know this is kind of cheating. The only team I'm scared of is the Titans. (laughs) Like, I feel like the only times we've really lost this year has just been from putting the ball on the ground for unexplainable reasons. I think that's the biggest thing we missed from Derrick Henry was the ball security.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You go back to the – was it the New England game where we had a couple hundred yards rushing or something?
0: Yeah, where Foreman and Hilliard both fumbled.
1: Yeah, and we just kept putting the ball on the ground over and over and over. And I think when we play mistake free football, I don't know of a team in a league that should beat us. I mean, any given Sunday, obviously, but none of these teams really scare me. But if I had to choose one, I don't want to go up against it's the Bengals.
0: I'm the same way. Um, if I, yeah, if we can avoid it, which, you know, chances are we're going to. Chances are one of these three teams will be, will win, not name the Beagle, Bengals. Um, I mean that's just numbers there for you. The, obviously, our if you had to pick one, our most likely matchup, yeah, it's the Bengals. But chances are, one of these teams will get the upset. Um, and if you know, if not, if Cincinnati wins, I mean, you know, let's we'll, fucking go. Well, let's fucking go. Let's get it. I mean, I, I'm still confident we'll beat them too. We're a better football team than them. Um yeah. The uh, so we'll just have to see how it plays out. Is what it is. All right.
2: All I can say is I'm going to be glued to the TV during the Chiefs-Steelers game.
0: <laughs> yes, I will be... I will be hoping yep. the Steelers if can... If
2: the Steelers
1: win, I'm going to be glued to the couch.
0: And I will say the biggest thing that we should all absolutely be cheering for in every single one of these games is a good long overtime period. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just Maybe even yeah. two overtimes. That'd be nice. Every single one of these games. That would be... Mm, that'd be nice especially the, especially the Steelers game you know if the Steelers can get it to overtime at that point I am uh I, I'll be looking like a madman watching that game begging for they the Steelers passed, to pull it off
2: past Roethlisberger's bedtime at that point <laughs> yeah
0: hey that's what he does well though like if you watch the Steelers games like which I have sadly um <laughs> the, the big Ben he like just turns it on in the fourth quarter he's really not their biggest problem to be completely honest on um on offense anyway the uh uh, the offensive line is trash. Uh, Big Ben's like okay. He's not awful. He's not good. He's not. He's not. He's like below average. I'll give him that. Um, but yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. Uh, so let's talk about the team uh, itself. I'm finally, going to talk about. Uh, well, not finally. We've been talking about them the whole time. But uh, the team itself. One thing we one thing we want to talk about is Julio back.
1: Is Julio back, or is he here for the first time?
0: Well, we had the Seattle game.
1: That was pretty much it. So he had, what, five receptions for 58 yards and a touchdown? But what would you say he had another at least 60 yards left on the field from just misses miscommunication between him and – well, not really miscommunication, just timing was off between he and Tannehill.
2: Yeah, at least 60.
1: And I think that's going to be one of the most – significant pieces of getting this bye week is those two guys, not really just those two guys, the entire offense in general, to click and actually practice together. And I think it's funny, looking back at the, at the beginning of the season, we had a lot of conversations of, oh, well, we're not really worried. I mean, Julio's, he knows how to run routes and and Tannehill's good and they're gonna figure it out. And they're gonna figure it out. And here we are in the playoffs and they still haven't figured it out. But we finally got some encouraging signs in the very last week. So if there was any time for him to click, this is it.
0: I remember in one of our first podcasts, um, I and I didn't intend for it to go this way, obviously, uh, but we were talking about Julio getting on the same page because at the time, Julio had missed a lot of training camp. And right when he came back, um, Tannehill went on covid And so they missed pretty much all their entire training camp together. Uh, And so we were talking about them getting on the same page, and I said, essentially, um, I don't really care um, when they get on the same page as long as they're on the same page for the playoffs because I was not worried about this team making the playoffs. Um, I never was, honestly. Like Throughout this entire season, I was never worried about the team making the playoffs. You can look at my post history, trick 96 on Reddit. Uh, You can look at my post history and uh, find the receipts on that one. Uh, but uh, I was never worried about the playoffs for this team. I was never even worried about losing the division even when Derek Henry got hurt. Uh, I was always say like, I was always saying that Julio and Brian Tannehill just needed to be on the same page for the playoffs. Like I don't care if it happens at all during the season. they just have to be on the same page for the playoffs. and I literally said that in our in our podcast and didn't intend for it to be like because Julio Jones was hurt for half the year. Um, but uh, I'm glad it went. Uh, I, I'm glad they are looking like they are getting on the same page for this upcoming playoff run.
2: Yeah all all season I've been in the back of my mind reminding myself of you saying that. I'm like, well, you know it's not playoff time yet they they've still got time to get on the same page and watching this last game with him actually throwing to Julio a couple times it was I was like, okay, maybe they're actually actually getting on the same page now.
0: Mm -hmm. And and talk about how the players have have, um, days off uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, I'm willing to bet that at least one of these days uh, Ryan Tannehill is going to get the receivers together to throw a little bit um, and just work on their timing a little bit. Ryan Tannehill was talking about how um, in his press conference today how he was excited to Use the bye week to work on a bunch of little things, um, uh, that they don't get a great chance to work on much during the season, and they only practiced once during the bye week. Technically, I think I think they're practicing on Sunday um, as well, so twice I guess during the bye week. Um, but I mean, only two practices to work on those little things. I don't I don't think that's what that what that's going to be. I think he's going to be. I'm um, getting the receivers together during these 3 days off for the players just to go work on some things.
1: And yeah, I I've, I've been frustrated. I've, I feel like the signing so far, I mean, the, it's hard to say that the regular season was anything more than or anything less than a bust for him. But you turn it on in the playoffs and you get us and you help get us a Super Bowl trophy. Every you could have had zero catches on the season and I don't care. Yeah. I'm in this thing for a Super Bowl win at this So,
0: (laughs) If he so much as takes attention off of A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry um, in the playoffs and it leads to us to to an AFC championship, to a Super Bowl, um, the trade was worth it. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And here's my hope. I hope that other teams have watched this season and been like, oh, Julio's really not here. Like, he's not done anything. We can put one guy on him. We'll be fine with one guy. Put two on AJ Brown. Put an extra guy or two in the box, and then just let Julio Jones show whoever. Hey, I'm I'm still here. I can still play. Mm. That would be an ideal situation.
0: Yeah, I was. I watched some of the tape in that um from the Houston game, and uh, I mean you can just look at the box score and see that we were not overly reliant on AJ Brown in that game. And you can tell that they were paying a lot of attention to AJ in that game, and that's huge. I mean, that's really what you want, honestly, assuming that you have other players that can step up, which we had in the Houston game. And assuming that that timing with Julio gets better, I mean, it's going to be – you can't double both of them. You know, you can't. So, yep. All right. I
2: think – sorry, yeah, go on.
0: Okay. Um, so, we're going to talk about the defense. Uh, there's really a lot of things to talk about this defense. I mean, the Titans absolutely turned it around from last year. Um, I never understood the talk about the Titans' defense going into this season like they did. Like, people talked about, and this is, I guess, mostly national media, but I mean, I heard it from local people too, talking about this defense like nothing changed. But we changed so much.
1: <laughs> he restructured the entire team. Yeah,
0: I mean, w- w- like what we do. We signed Danico Autry. We signed Bud Dupree. Um, I mean, people forget we were throwing fucking um, what? What's his name? Like uh, Skipper. Remember that guy? Like a dude named Skipper. And uh, like some You're probably just making up names, names. I'm I'm not. We had a we had a dude. We had a dude named Skipper like starting the Houston game, and I think he got a sack too. <laughs> uh, and we like week 17 last year. Um, uh, a Tavai, I think might be. His name. I don't know. We we had we had some absolute no names on this defense last year, and then we bring in like legitimate players this year, and people want to talk about. Uh, how the defense didn't change. Bud Dupree had a slow start, uh, but he's been good lately. Ever that's since he came, was expected. Yeah, which for me was yeah. expected, and um, he and he's been good lately since he came off uh, uh, IR, which I again totally expected. Getting another, he basically got four weeks to rest his knee um, unexpectedly, which was he needed, and I'm glad he got. Um, uh, Amani Hooker has been a borderline elite um, this oh, year.
1: That's- That safety combo we got Mm -hmm. right now is just absolutely locked down.
0: The difference between him and Kenny Vaccaro is massive. Jackrabbit has been better than Malcolm Butler. Um, A lot of us called that a wash. Don't say that. Don't say that.
1: Well, well, you'll get in trouble (laughs) if you say Jackrabbit's good.
0: (laughs) You're right, you're right. Uh
1: I'm just absolutely blown away that we're still in this era of football where passing is the easiest it's ever been. And we have a cornerback that gives up a 50 yard reception, and it's immediately time to come.
0: Yeah, it blows my mind. <laughs> like, God. like, like God. these, like, like uh, elite, like quarterbacks and receivers playing, and like in the NFL, like aren't like training their entire lives to beat these players. Like they get paid too. like it's I don't know, like, like it's, when, it when it becomes a pattern, like that's when it's an issue, and it literally and at no Brown, point has been a pattern.
1: When AJ Brown burns a guy. Our reaction is not wow. They should cut that coin. <laughs> yeah, AJ Brown's not very good. <laughs> so it's AJ Brown makes everybody look stupid. So I feel for the defensive back.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a it's a tough position. It's it's really one of the hardest positions to play in the NFL. Yeah,
1: I think it may be the toughest behind quarterback, honestly. Mm-hmm. But
0: especially with the rule changes tough. lately,
1: right? And let's so going back to the, the variable talk there during the off season at the end of last season i bowen may have said it too was basically my scheme is not that bad we just don't have the players to do it and everybody was like oh it's, i can't believe how arrogant you can be but they kind of turned around this season and got the people that they thought could run this and uh it's totally working so yeah time to eat some crow <laughs>
2: I think again, one of I said it earlier, but I think the most impressive thing is just the complete 180 that the pass rush has done. Like last year, Landry was our leading sack with five and a half. This year he had 12. Um, I think in our very first podcast, I said Danico Autry was our was my most excited new most exciting new player to watch. He came out with nine sacks. Um yeah, I just think that the I mean, yeah, we did lose Jadavian Clowney, best pass rusher the Tennessee Titans have ever had. But incredible, incredible. He went to a winning team, the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I just think that our defense—they played better than I thought they were going to play. Just put it that way.
1: We finally as a, did, as a whole, and we finally did what I begged for years for us to do around Jarrell Casey is get some talent on the defensive line around him to take the pressure off of him. And we've done that with Simmons finally. And you, there's nobody – they're focusing on Simmons still, obviously. But Danico Autry and those other guys, they're getting freed up. And David Long's flying all over the freaking field when since he's been back out there anyway. And, I mean, it, it's just fun to watch right now
0: yeah and a lot of people want to give credit for this and to um what's his name Jim Schwartz and that's a fun conversation to have because um i just I never really was on the fire Bowen train. I was never on the um just I was never a part of the train of train of thought that Bowen was the issue. Um, and I was never on that because, I mean, j- just look at the roster that we had last year on defense. Like, going into the season, we thought it would be good. Um, but it was very clear as the season went on that the players were just not good enough. Like, you can't you can't coach, uh, you can't scheme your pass rushers into being better one-on-one pass rushers. You just can't do that. Um, you can coach them into being better at their position sure but you can't scheme them into being better than what they are you have to you you have to scheme around your players talents you have to use your players in a way to maximize their talents and you have to hide their um, uh, what they're bad at essentially that that's what but when your players are just generally bad I mean there's just nothing you can do I mean you got to you got to do your best out there you know and now that we have good players out there, I mean, it's crazy. Like, we're we're killing it. Um,
1: I think we sold out to build a defense that can beat the Chiefs' offense. I know it's not – they're not as scary as they were when we played them the first time around. They are still very scary, don't get me wrong. But almost all of our pressure comes from non-blitz situations. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just our, our big men up front are dominating – the offensive line and allowing our DBs and linebackers to do their jobs on the back end.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, I mean, yeah, you're right. That's exactly what you got to do to beat the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is great against the blitz. You shouldn't blitz Patrick Mahomes You got to play a lot. You got to uh, rush four, and you got to get pressure with four, and you got to play too high. And I mean, that's what the Titans have done this year, and that's why the the Chiefs didn't score a touchdown against the Titans this year. Uh, so I mean, that's that's it. That, that's literally it. Um and I mean dare I say I think I think the defense is certainly better now uh than it was when we played the Chiefs. Like I said, uh what we talked about earlier, Greg Maben played one hundred percent of the snaps against the Chiefs. We have Christian Fulton now. Bud Dupree still was not productive yet uh, when we played the Chiefs uh the first time, and now he is. Um Yeah, it, Rashawn Evans was still playing a major role when we uh played the Chiefs the first time. And and now we've – And
1: he got, like, two snaps last
0: week. Yeah, maybe. thank thank the Lord Almighty.
1: By the way, Zach Cunningham just I haven't even mentioned his him his way out of the <laughs> Texans yeah. to get on the team he wanted to play for. I don't know if you guys saw where uh, – Oh, uh oh, what's his name he used to play for the Titans that played at Auburn? Linebacker. I can't think of his name now. Uh-uh. Oh, you're gonna know who he is when I might have to Google it really quick. Hold on. Oh,
0: yeah. Darren
1: Bates. Darren Bates. Oh, dad. Yeah, Batesy. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he he even commented after he was with the Texans that he was like, "Yeah, Zach Cunningham wants." Cunningham yeah, I remember that. The Titans. hmm So. I, he, yeah, he he, he wanted really, to be with Mary Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been fantastic since he got here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's he's been great. He's he's been exactly. What we thought he would be—he's great in the, against the run, and uh, I mean mediocre, I will say, against the pass. But certainly better than Rashawn Evans, um, uh, miles better than Rashawn Evans against the run, and uh, at least moderately better than Rashawn Evans against the pass. And when you take those two things and put them together, uh, you have a pretty good linebacker. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, I will say I'm—I don't—I still don't really know what to think about. The Titans um, making Jayon Brown a healthy scratch against the Texans. That was odd. At least presumably a healthy scratch and keeping Rashawn Evans up. That was odd. I'm assuming that if we play a team like a Cincinnati, a Buffalo, a Kansas City, a team that likes to throw the ball, Jayon Brown will be active because if, if, uh, if David Long gets hurt, or, yeah, David Long gets hurt, you you can't have Rashawn Evans and Cunningham out there in your nickel or base defense. That's absurd. Um
1: But who will inexplicably dive over the offensive line for no reason?
0: <laughs> Man, we gotta you know, maybe Elijah Molden can step into that role. Um, yeah.
1: Just close your eyes, do a backflip over the line
0: and And hope you've just magically fall into the running back <laughs> who's actually running the opposite direction. <laughs> Yeah. Man. Oh, I can't. I mean, I like Rashawn. I do. I think he, like, could be a really cool player if he just got his head on straight as as a defender. But, and I like, yeah, I don't know. I just, he never worked out. And I can't wait to not watch him play anymore. <laughs> um, which hopefully is already has already happened. I mean, it, it really, it seems that, like it's happened.
1: It's pretty clear David Long and Cunningham are the future. I don't They're think
0: David long. Long's going to... Yeah. Miss a snap in the playoffs. I mean, unless he gets hurt. Um, so, yeah. Uh, David Long is clearly the the guy of, of of the of the group, and then Cunningham is the is the force to be reckoned with in the run game. And yeah, we'll see. Um, uh, and then, yeah, so pretty much covered the whole defense there. You know, did we talk enough about Christian Fulton? I don't think so. Christian Fulton's a, a monster, and we love Christian Fulton. How do y'all feel about Christian Fulton?
1: As long as he's not slipping on the turf.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Pretty much, yeah. We will be playing at home, so, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Get some better cleats, Christian. Um, yeah. That's, like, one thing where, like, I wonder if that... I don't know about this, um, but our, our 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 field has not been good this year. It's been well-documented that our field has not been good. Um, I wonder if that is... Something that we have been playing on, so we're used to it. I wonder if that's beneficial. uh,
1: I don't know. I've been considering that for a while. Yeah, because I absolutely hate some of these turf fields. Specifically, we've talked about the Colts 87 times in this podcast, but Mm -hmm. they're filled as hot garbage. Yeah. Um. But I almost feel you know home field advantage doesn't seem to be as substantial anymore. Right. And of course, we've always struggled with the opposing fans in the stadium. Honestly. Playing on shit grass and being used to it may actually be more of a home field advantage than anything else we could possibly get. It's, it's good for the weather. It's good, it's good for
0: the good. run game. I think. I mean, it's good for a power run game.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've seen games on our turf where people are slipping and sliding on the other team, and we're like, ah, we're used to the shit, the mm-hmm. sand pit. You know.
0: I feel like if anything, it makes it harder to run routes and cover routes. So. um I don't know. That might be a wash, but we'll see. Uh, yeah.
2: I would, before we move on from the defense, I would like to give a huge shout out to Kevin Byard.
0: Oh, did we talk about I him? Know, How do we not uh, talk about him? Our one I All know, or Pro Bowl player, and hopefully All Pro. I know,
2: yeah, I know that last year he was, everyone was down on him. Um. It just stepped up huge this year. He actually got back to doing, you know, what he's good at, he's not trying to cover for everyone else. I think he led the team in tackles actually? Yeah, no way, did he really? Oh I didn't realize. According that. to ESPN, eighty eight tackles. Well he had seventy five. I guess it makes sense because uh, all of our linebackers miss multiple games, yeah.
0: yeah. And yeah. Yeah. What yeah. about yeah. C- Cunningham on the season though? Does does it have that? Uh
2: it just Like has including 26, the Texans. Twenty six, which yeah, that's yeah, just that's, just, that's just ours, so. yeah. He probably um, has more on the season, but yeah. Yeah, probably. But yeah, fired also had five picks, so I don't know. I'm just.
0: I'm glad that he's back to himself. Yeah, he's he's playing awesome. I love Kevin Byard so much, and and, and I'm a MTSU guy. So I've literally watched him. I watched him play all four years at MTSU. Um, because yeah. I'm very into MTSU football. Um, and God, when I remember when we drafted Kevin Byard, I literally screamed and like started crying. Like I was that happy about. It. <laughs> like it was, it was so. It was such a moment for me. I was so excited. I was sitting in a freaking like Mexican restaurant, just like watching the draft on the on the TV for some reason. I don't know why, but um, yeah, it's such a such a great moment for me. And I'm so glad that he's still so good, which I I always knew he would be. I never had a doubt. All right, um, and, and like while we're talking about the safeties, like one of the reasons Kevin Byard is so good. It's because and uh, shout out um, no flags film. Uh, I don't know if y'all follow him on Twitter, um, but oh, he yeah, yeah he he, he, yeah. he does a lot of film uh, film stuff. He he's really good, uh, but he talks about it all the time. Where the Titans do like play too high a lot, um, too high safeties, and one of the reasons that they're they play too they can get away with playing too high so much, and also. Uh, be so good against the run. They finished the number two rush defense, just a few yards behind the Ravens, which uh, was sad that we almost got there, but we didn't get to it, number one. Um, well, we'll take number one in the playoffs. How about that? Fuck the, We did it. We haven't had a chance to say fuck the Ravens yet. Fuck the Ravens.
1: I mute my mic and just whisper it. The whole time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, um, very very happy to see them miss the playoffs, man. Fuck those. Fuck the Ravens. Um, anyway. Uh, One reason why we we can get away with playing too high so much uh, is because they are so good. Amani Hooker and Kevin Byard are both so good at uh, defending the run from from a high, from from not being inside the box. They're good at that support run defense role, uh, which lets them, since they're so good at playing it back, um, that helps not give up big plays in the pass game. And I mean that—that's huge. I mean that's and that's that's why we're going to be a tough defense for the Chiefs, to be honest. Because the Chiefs have a good run game, which a lot of people don't realize—they have a good run game. But if we can stop the run game of the Chiefs with playing too high, I mean that—that's the recipe to slowing down that offense. So that and Dan Crookshank, which is another guy we haven't talked about, Dan Crichton. Uh, slowing down tight ends all year look at him go oh yeah who would have thought he just came came out of nowhere and just started being the tight end uh uh, whisperer i guess
1: (laughs) which is something we've struggled with in -hmm. the entirety of titans history Is tight ends have just absolutely destroyed us Mm -hmm. not
0: this year i think we're i think we finished number one defense against tight ends this year oh wow yeah but like can you even like think of a tight end that like had had a good game against us? Like I can't. <laughs> it's crazy. Um you can maybe say Mike Gosecki, but he played he he really, he's not even a tight end, so it doesn't really matter. But anyway. Um Alright, so uh, areas of concern for this team. We we can't be all positive here today. We gotta talk about some areas of concern for the team. Um uh, uh, what are, what are y'all's areas of concern?
1: Go for it, Levi.
2: Uh, honestly, I just I know we're all excited about Derrick Henry coming back, but I th- mm. I hope that he can you know pick up where he left off. I don't think that's that big of a concern, but it's it's concerning. But I think just the biggest concern for me is gonna be the offensive line. I think that we still—it's still my great. I think they've still got a lot of stuff they need to work on this coming off season. I think they need to look at replacing probably Saffold. I know he's played well, but he's getting up there. I, I personally uh, think—I think
0: Saffold's gone for sure. I think yeah, there's I think no they're chance. Need
2: a new right tackle. It's probably time to start looking for Ben Jones' replacement. He's getting up there in age two. Taylor Wan's not getting any younger. Um, their pass protection wasn't great this year. Tannehill got sacked nearly 50 times, I believe.
0: Um yeah. only twice the last two games. Yeah. But yeah,
1: that's just pass hope protection. To
2: keep that. Let's just hope they keep that going, that streak.
1: The pass protection has been a product of the offensive line also, but not not identifying free rushers. That's just always been an issue, and wherever Tannehill's been, I'm not exactly sure what the root of that issue is. And his pocket presence is just his number one weakness overall. But getting these receivers back and and getting the offensive line consistently out there, suddenly – it hasn't looked so bad for him in the pocket anymore. And hopefully we can keep that going. Now, if we if we end up in the Super Bowl against somebody like the Bucks, that's when I'm really going to be concerned about it.
0: Yeah, and I, I will say uh, the, the positive about the line is they have been better the last two weeks. Not uh, They weren't great against the Dolphins. The stat sheet was great. Um, I really don't know. I didn't pay. I didn't. I haven't watched the offensive line much. Um, don't really know how well they've particularly done. They did against the um, Houston. Uh, I know that the one sack Pro ball focus put that on Tannehill, which I agreed with because um, that was the play where it was third and two, and he had Racy McMath just wide open on a crosser that he no literally no he probably could have got that run for like thirty yards, um, but he just like didn't throw it to him, and I don't know why. Um, and that was the only sack we took in that in, in against Houston. Um, the previous
1: week, the only sack we took was against um, McNichols. Um, yeah, McNichols. Yeah, McNichols. So that's was promptly cut from the team. So. Right? He's
0: he's <laughs> terrible. I mean, <laughs> Mike Vrabel was literally he didn't publicly call out players much, but he literally publicly called out McNichols. It yeah. was. Um, and it, like, cause I've listened, I don't usually listen to it, but I listen to the coach's show, the radio show, which I really wish they like would podcast or something. Cause I just, I don't, I don't want to listen at like six o'clock on whatever, on Tuesday, whenever it is. Um, but, uh, I happened to listen to that and they were talking about the offensive line and Vrabel literally said, he was like, yeah, we gave up one sack and the sack wasn't even on the offensive line. Um, that that was a play that was a uh, a blitzer or something that we expect Jeremy McNichols to pick up or something like that and I was like damn Braves like <laughs> <laughs> like wow literally just call, I ne- you never hear him just call a player this out piece like of that shit yeah so like once I heard that I was like damn Jeremy McNichols might not play much anymore and I don't think he's going I, I don't gonna think say, he's, that's I don't think he's gonna play in the playoffs he was getting caught. yeah unless like Wilkins went on COVID so. I don't know. I, I don't know if that affects McNichols, but we'll see. Um. Yeah, so. um. So, yeah, offensive, offensive line, I think, better against Houston. I mean, for most of that game, Tannehill had plenty of time to throw. and we I mean, we, we saw what, what that looks like now when he has time to throw. looks good.
1: Yeah, as far as weaknesses, or I guess areas of concern for this game coming up, I've listed a couple. The leaky secondary against the Vaunted – Texans offense. I mean, that's mostly a joke, but I think they just got kind of hot in the second half, and we got a little lax going into yeah. that second half. I've always said the scariest lead in football is that three-touchdown lead at halftime because it mm. almost seems like nothing goes good after that. P- puts yeah. your
0: puts your team to sleep, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. So we were kind of lulled there, which was concerning, but I don't feel like it's going to happen again. But I do... My biggest concern going into next week is just that pressure of being the number one seed and not necessarily being the underdog like we're used to and actually having to – of course, we always hear the, oh, same old Titans playing down to competition. I'm not necessarily saying the competition is something that we would play down to in this game, but we are playing this from a different perspective than we're probably used to being at home. In the playoffs with a bye week. And I, I'm i just worried about us starting to put the ball on the ground. Algae crumpler fumbling the ball into the end zone and just stupid stuff like that constantly happening.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that, and that area of concern for you actually kind of leads into one of my areas of confidence for me uh, the pressure of being the number one seed. Uh, this, I mean, most of this team, where we're on the team, that went to Baltimore and stunned the Ravens, right? Like, so, I and mean, we Kevin Byer was actually talking about this today when they were talking about it, he, oh, yeah, saw that. Kevin Byer basically said, like, hey, like, we, we've seen it happen before. We've done it. We've gone somewhere to a number one seed who might have been a little overconfident, um, might have um, overlooked the Titans a little bit, and we walked in there, we kicked their ass for 60 minutes. Like, <laughs> he's like, we have to make sure that doesn't happen to us. Like, we have to stay on our game and do that. So I think... I think that pressure is kind of alleviated by that experience that again, most of this roster had of, of going to the Ravens and kicking their ass for 60 minutes. Um, when they were the, uh, far and away Super Bowl favorites that year, they had MVP Lamar Jackson. Um, and and, yeah, uh, that's rushing offense of all time. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Literally the best rushing offense of all time. And King Henry went in there and, uh, punched him in the mouth. Um, Yeah, so so that that's really that's really one of my areas of confidence. What are some other areas of confidence for you in this team for the playoffs?
2: I know that earlier I said Derek Henry was a concern. It, it's really not though. Just having him come back fully healthy, it, it's got to put fear into the other team just a little bit, and they'd never admit it. But you know, none of them want to go up against fully healthy derrick henry when they've been grinding for 18 weeks
0: mm, and they'll be coming off a hopefully tough game in the wild yeah. card round hopefully it's cold in nashville like the colder the better for me like i don't give a shit how cold i am up in the stands i hope it's freezing is yeah, that
2: like, the i looked at the weather earlier for next weekend it's i think mid 40s and mid 30s
0: for both days so Ooh. hopefully it gets colder it's gonna, be, it's gonna be cold yeah it's gonna be chilly but hopefully it gets colder
2: but yeah, uh, and continuing off Derek Henry, just the team being healthy as a whole. I, I honestly think this might be one of the healthiest, going into a game, one of the healthiest games that we've had all season. We've got pretty much all 11 offensive starters ready to go. And I could be wrong, but I think we've got pretty much every defensive starter ready to go. I think it is the
1: healthiest game for sure because we, I mean, we were banged up going into the very first game of the season. I and- think
0: we, I think we had everybody pretty much for that game, but um, a lot of people missed time that week. We had COVID. Like Ryan Tannehill didn't get back until like that Thursday, yeah. I think, or something like that. So, like, it's, it's definitely the healthiest. We've been leading up to a game like I. That's easily like easily we're the healthiest we've been leading up to a game by far.
1: So I think the most interesting piece of this, and I think this is something we mentioned earlier in the season, probably not on a podcast because you know, <clears throat> we kind of stopped pretty early. Uh, <laughs> but is the fact that yeah, it really sucked having all the injuries. But all I can think of is late in these playoff games when it's you know third and fourth quarter and people are sucking wind, they're tired, they're beat up. We're going to be able to roll third stringers out there and, and guys that have gotten significant play time this season, and mm-hmm. they should just be able to jump right in and, and contribute right off the bat. And I'm, I'm not so certain there's any other team in the postseason that's going to be able to have the type of depth that we
2: have. Absolutely. I think, foreman is gonna be huge for us this playoff just knowing that we can rest Derrick henry for a couple plays and still have a running back who is going to do not the same thing but essentially the same thing that he would do i think that's i think it's huge
0: yeah and then like other other areas where i mean. All of our corners have played an absurd number of snaps. Dan Krigshak has started a bunch of games at safety. Um, we were, I mean, we we have, uh, if you count Rashawn Evans, four starting caliber linebackers. We have um, a bunch of linemen who have played a bunch of snaps, um, uh, offensive and defensive linemen. Um, all of our receivers have played plenty, <laughs> um, too much uh, for most of them. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so like the the depth on this team because of the injuries. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a, it's, a, I think we probably have some of the best, I mean, we definitely have the best depth. I mean, it's hard to argue that we don't, considering what this team has been through, you know?
2: All right. I think it's offensive that you said that. Uh, Rashawn Evans is a starting
0: count. I said if you count him. If if you if you count Rashawn Evans. I
1: accidentally muted Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. I don't
1: know how I did that, actually, but it happened.
0: One more area of confidence for me. <laughs> one more one more area of confidence for me is uh, Vrabel's record coming off of bye weeks. Now, people, like, when you bring this up, they always are like, uh, yeah, well, when he's coming off a, a bye week or extended time in the regular season, like, you know who you're going to play next week. Like, okay, who cares? Um, like I said, Vrabel – he doesn't spend that much time uh, in his bye weeks going over uh, the opponent, so um, I'm not that uh, concerned about the fact that he won't know. Like it's not like he it's going to be one of four teams. Like we, we have the book written. We're going to have the book written on all four of these teams, um, and a game plan ready to go. He Mike Vrabel. Here's the numbers for you. Coming off extended time, this does not include week one, which it could, but that then we'd have to throw in the um, Cardinals game this year and the uh, putrid um, Dolphins game uh, and Vrabel's first game. Uh, but other, uh, so we're talking about during a regular season, coming off of a bye week, coming off of a Thursday night game, uh, Mike Vrabel is 8-0 in those games. Point differential, 18.8. Monster. Like it, this team coming off a of bye week is like the 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 2007 Patriots, <laughs> like they they don't fuck around, uh, and there's a reason for that. I, I truly believe, like uh, Mike uh, Mike Rabel is just really good at getting his team prepared, and the more time he has, uh, the better he is able to get his team prepared mentally, physically. Um, he the Titans. I mean, it's no secret they play a very very physical brand of football both on offense and defense and when you do that your players are going to get beat up uh you're going to have ben jones who he doesn't show up on the injury report but ben jones is just always injured because uh he plays every snap at but most physical position in football center um uh roger saffold's been beat up we're having all these guys who are beat up but now they got an extra week to get ready they got an extra week to rest and when you are a very physical football team, having that extra week of rest just really helps you go into the next week uh, of uh, being able to punch another team in the mouth, which I, I think is what's probably going to happen in the divisional playoff game. I think the Titans are going to come punch a team who's tired, who's been playing, who hasn't gotten a break, and they're going to punch them in the mouth. So
1: if you have extended time off, you're Mike Vrabel. Do you prefer to prepare for the Bengals and Raiders, who you haven't played this season, or the Patriots and Steelers, who you have played this season? Or do you think
0: he cares? I don't. I don't think he cares. There's a There's a lot of things that Mike Vrabel didn't care. I mean, I'm sure if you gave him truth serum, um, he would tell you which teams he wants to play. And it it might not be the same list as ours. To be honest with you, I don't. I mean, Mike Vrabel thinks different. Uh, so I don't know, but um, I don't think he cares that much. I think he's going to uh treat every team the same. He's he's definitely not going to take a team lightly. I mean, the only team that you would take lightly on this list, in my opinion, would be would be the Steelers, and uh, we lost to them. <laughs> so yeah. that's yeah.
1: if like we want to beat the dog shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: So I there's no there's no team that the Titans are going to take lightly on this list. So. Um, and if we got the Patriots, you know, I don't think he would be extra motivated, but it would it would become a personal thing where he wants he doesn't want to lose to Bill Belichick ever. Um, you know that. So,
2: do we want to do a quick game of Who's That Titan?
0: Oh, do you have one, uh, Levi? Uh, remind us what we're doing, by the way.
2: Oh, right. <laughs> we haven't done this in a little while. Um, so I'm gonna basically give the season stats for a player. Um, and then you guys can have one hint each, or one question each, and then y'all take an attempt at guessing who the player is, um, and we'll see if you are right.
0: Sounds good to me. Pretty, simple pretty enough. Let's do it. All right. I will say I did not start watching the Titans, like, religiously until 2008, so this might be tough for me. I slightly remember 2007, but we're, we're going to do our best here. I, I'm sure, Blake, will get it.
2: Uh, don't throw me in there. All right. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to 2006. Vince oh, sick, yeah. Year. Vince Young's rookie year. All right, player had 1,211 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, and then 18 catches, 78 yards. Those are his stats. How many yards? Uh, 1,211 rushing yards and like 78 receiving yards um
0: i think i think i know it
1: yeah, uh it's one know. of
0: two i think it's one of two players in my head
1: uh how do we want to do this
0: do you have a question you can ask uh, i don't i i don't know anything about this player other than he was a titan <laughs> and he has a <laughs> Is I is his first out. name chris That's my question. No. Damn it.
1: All right, my question is, did he previously play at Buffalo?
2: That's a good question, actually. Let me pull up his Wikipedia page.
0: This is where my Titans knowledge takes a nosedive (laughs) this season. It's hilarious how you can give me the literal starting running back in 2006, and I'm just like, "Eh, well, (laughs) that was was a year that happened. I still think I know who it is, though.
2: He had, he had played for Buffalo.
0: Okay, I, I think know who it is. Do okay, you wanna, do you want to try? Is it Travis Henry or Travis Travis Henry or what's his name? Yeah, you got it. That's it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That's it.
1: I'm assuming. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was
2: Travis Henry. Let's go. <laughs>
0: he,
1: you almost backed off of it though. You were close.
0: It, well, yeah, because like, well, in my head at first I knew it was either Chris Brown or Travis Henry. Because didn't Chris Brown have a good year too one time? Or
1: yeah, he was very. Injury prone. I thought he was going to be the like Chris uh, Johnson. Eddie. He was, he was the man on Madden. I thought yeah. he was going to be. The, he was he, fast as uh, hell, right? Replacement. And, oh yeah, yeah. He ran like Eric Dickerson. But no, I think Travis Henry has the most underrated season for uh, a running back in Titans history. Really? So that's, oh yeah. That's how
2: good he was. Yeah.
0: Just that. What happened the next year?
2: Uh, uh he played for Denver.
0: Oh, we uh, lost back. him.
1: Well, yeah, we didn't end up re signing him. and He he has like, I'm not joking, he has like 14 kids. And I'm Whoa. pretty sure the, the Titans were, if I recall correctly, somebody may have to correct me if I'm wrong, the Titans were basically giving him money under the table to pay. What? <laughs> I'm not joking
0: about this. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah.
2: No, he, he played for Denver the next year. I'm assuming it's because we had Linda White. And we were ready for Wendell White to take the next step.
0: That's um, what yeah, that makes sense.
2: But then in September of two thousand eight, he here's a, a fun little story. He got arrested by the DEA for like having a bunch of cocaine.
0: Travis Henry? Yeah. Oh uh, poor guy. Yeah.
2: He was Yeah. It was, <laughs> so he
1: Travis Henry had eleven kids with ten different mothers.
0: Oh, uh, that That's that, that's that uh, Adrian Peterson and Antonio yeah. Cromartie uh, story right there. Antonio Cromartie, right? Yeah, I think so. That's why Adrian Peterson still plays, though, is because he, he's broke because he has so much child support to pay.
1: If you follow uh, No Context Tennessee Titans on Twitter, just, <laughs> I go, do. They're just great. go ask for some Travis Henry highlights. You'll probably be pretty shocked. He's yeah. just a, a monster. <laughs>
0: okay. All right, yeah, I, yeah, I should have him for some Travis Henry highlights. That's funny. You said he said he runs like Eric Dickerson, or is that Chris Brown?
1: That no, was Chris Brown, just straight up leaning <laughs> back. I think that was probably a, a lot of the issues with the, his injuries and stuff. But uh, okay, I I thought he was he should have gotten more carries in 2003 when Eddie was kind of on the decline.
0: Yeah, that that 2000 like four. To two thousand and seven era Titans is definitely the era I know the absolute least about. Yeah, wow, well, you didn't miss because because everyone <laughs> talks about the era before that. Nobody talks about the era after that, and I I, yeah. st- I started on the on the ten and 0 season really. So it was
1: pretty much ninety nine to two thousand three, and yeah. two thousand four was the one where we were like, oh, this is our last hurrah for Super Bowl. Was that the
0: one where we lost the Raiders or something? No, uh,
1: that was two
0: thousand. Oh, that was two 2000- thousand. Two, two yeah, that
1: was yeah. We got absolutely destroyed. Um, two thousand four is where we thought we were going to make our last run with all of our uh, players before we had to do the salary cap. Before we locked Steve McNair
0: out of the out of the place out of the yeah. facility. Yeah,
1: it was. I mean, you, Derek Mason and all of those guys we had to dump, and then of course they go to the fucking Ravens. And God, that's I'm still pissed. That's the thing. That's why a lot of people that have been around for a long time with the Titans, yes, we were pissed about 2008, but it was all the crap in the years leading up to that that just drive it home.
0: Yeah, I think Derry Mason might be my, among loved Titans players, Derry Mason's probably my least favorite Titan of all time.
1: Yeah. See, I love him, but he he feels like he got screwed over by the organization, which a lot of people did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: But yep. a-
1: AJ Brown's finally taken or taking over his role as the best receiver we've had.
0: Taken. It's over.
1: I don't know if I agree just yet, but mm-hmm. we're getting close. Get out of we're
0: here. Get out of here. Nope. AJ
1: Brown. Well, that's a whole different podcast. <laughs>
0: That's, that's an off-season podcast right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what he does this off-season. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to this ridiculously long uh, <laughs> Between Two Tones podcast. Uh, you know, we missed most of the year. That's okay. Uh, we came back when it matters. You know, uh, we're like Derrick Henry. We, can't, we come back when it matters.
1: We were on IR.
0: We were. We were on IR. Um, you know, uh, I'm very busy. I'm a physical therapy student. <laughs> I got a lot going on. Uh, so does Blake. So does Levi. So... Uh, you know uh, I guess we're currently back we'll see if we do more after this who knows you know maybe this is the last one now we'll see uh, alright I said maybe
1: early on I always wanted to start a podcast uh, what better time in our Super Bowl season
0: so, you, you did yeah. say that that was like like, this was like the first that. thing you said yeah. on the show let's um, go yeah. let's go I'm calling it just calling it alright <laughs> we'll see y'all thanks for listening
2: see
1: ya rest in peace Matt Neely